get really clear about what's the work that makes them shine. Start thinking in terms of what's in it for them. Think about how can you appreciate and involve people who have different areas of expertise than you. Do you want to be the absolute best candidate for a job you'll love in a career with balance? Veteran leadership career catalyst Jonathan Flax is teaming up with leading executive search professionals to provide you with cutting-edge career transition strategies. Welcome to Career Transition Experts. And now, here's your host, Jonathan Flax. I'm very excited to introduce Jennifer Chapman as our guest today on the Career Transition Experts. She's former leader at a Fortune 500 consulting firm, and she's known as the go-to person for getting things done and managing the most difficult clients. And now as a fellow leadership coach, she works primarily with STEM managers. You'll remind us what STEM stands for. I know the T stands for technology. Uh, E stands for engineering. I have an engineering background, an engineering degree from Cornell. But you work with STEM managers and leaders who want to increase productivity and performance, right, by strengthening their confidence and people skills. Jennifer, thanks so much for being here. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. And I didn't realize you were an engineer. So you're in great company. (laughs) Thanks. Awesome. So whether people are looking uh, from a technical standpoint or more broadly uh, in their career search, If they listen to this episode, what will they get? So I'm going to give you statistics. I'm going to share some examples. And I'm going to tell you what you may not be doing that is getting in the way of you landing your dream job. Great. And, um, you know, we're both share that we are leadership coaches in the career coaching and career transition space. Um, What's your view on bringing leadership into that process? I think it's essential because if you're not constantly looking at what you have to offer from a leadership perspective, it's going to be challenging even moving laterally to a different job. The market is always looking for more. And one thing that I thought was really interesting is a couple of years ago, there was a study where they surveyed HR leaders, specifically the ones who are the gatekeepers into these awesome jobs that your audience is looking for. And the two outcomes from the survey. One, they said that 67% of HR leaders reported withholding a job offer to an otherwise amazingly qualified candidate because of the lack of soft skills. And then they followed on with that saying that almost 80% said that they were much more focused now on finding not just good technology employees, but they needed to have people skills. And that's what I'm really passionate about because a lot of people in science, technology, engineering, and math or finance industries just aren't looking at the people side of things. They're known for the getting things done, crossing the things off the list, leading the projects, getting those tasks completed. And right. not that those Crunching things aren't important. Right. Crunching but the numbers, it's, doing the research, doing the studies, this uh, science, technology, engineering, and math. Thanks for reminding me what's Sure. <laughs> And finance, too. So it's more left, like we know from brain hemisphere, more left brain analytical uh, kind of thinking is very different than the right brain, relational, creative, emotional intelligence side of uh, our brain's performance. And everyone has both hemispheres humming, but people tend to prefer and or develop more on one side than the other. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So you're hearing HR managers very, very seriously, high numbers, 67 to 80 percent. Those are big. Those are big numbers of really having an emphasis on the soft skills. So 
soft skills are have there's some hard numbers behind them. So, um, so how does a candidate make sure, especially if they are a little bit more left brain oriented, how do they make sure to develop and present those skills? So the first thing I found that's crucial is helping those who are more left brained or more task focused to understand why those people and relationships matter. And mm. if I find in the workplace, if you are only caring about getting stuff done, it's really challenging to also have a high performing team who is loyal to you that will do anything to get the job done. And what I help my clients realize is that by focusing some on keeping your staff happy, of having those good, strong relationships, it is actually going to improve your ability to meet deadlines and satisfy the higher ups in that, oh, wow, look, when we asked Jonathan to do such and such, we know he's gonna hit it out of the park every time. Mm. Yeah. And what you're saying reminds me of a book called Survival of the Savvy. And one of the aspects, key aspects of that book is there's a continuum and there's even an assessment that goes with that. On the one side, an organization could be very meritocracy oriented and people who get things done will do well in there. Uh, that's And on the far extreme, all you got to do is get things done. There are very few organizations that are far to the extreme, but there are people who are extreme. On the other side is political or people oriented. Some people who barely can get anything done, but they navigate the people well, can rise. And uh, so people who thrive in that uh, and are people focused can thrive in that in an extreme. Knowing where you are in that continuum is important, is what you're saying, and being able yes. to balance both. I think someone who is meritocracy oriented sometimes wonders, why do I have to deal with people? I'm good at what I do. And it's, as we all know, it's, uh, it's really important to be able to do both. I hear that a lot. And in fact, right now I'm working with several clients who are in, they're super intelligent. They're in these engineering and technology industries, and they were initially identified as a high performer and an emerging leader, but they've hit this, hit this point in their career where before they can get promoted into a management position, the higher ups are looking at them, shaking their heads going, oh, you're not collaborating enough. You're not, you don't have a strong enough network to reach out to, to get different expertise, you know, to get a better, well-rounded answer. And it it's alarming to the higher ups and that sometimes they come to me and say, I need you to help so-and-so because we see great things in store for him. But until he can have a difficult conversation with someone without pissing them off, there's no way we're going to promote them. So one of the things that I work with um, with my clients who are struggling a little bit more on the people side is I help them, to, first of all, to get really clear about what's the work that makes them shine. What is that the work that you are really good at and that energizes you? And this is going to be where you want to focus your time and your energy. Now, there are lots of other tasks that you do that might not be your strong suit. And so then you start looking at the people around you. These could be peers. They could be direct reports. They could be somebody on the other side of the organization you don't have a lot of contact with. And as you then look for ways to involve other people, 
in these tasks that maybe you don't like as much, that's a really easy way to be seen as collaborative and a way to start building relationships with people. And, that, you know, sometimes the things that frustrate us most at a job is that, oh, this guy and I are just opposite ends of the spectrum. And, and that can be frustrating because you think so differently. But then if you can learn how to appreciate where the other person's coming from and you leverage both sides, then you're unstoppable. It's really amazing. So think about how can you appreciate and involve people who have different areas of expertise than you? Yeah, really great. We'll put today's show notes along with, in addition to contact to you, we have a tool we use called the bank code that has nothing to do with banking. It's B-A-N-K, stands for four different personality value uh, sets. And so understanding another person's values and taking some time to think about how would you put something in language so that the, it resonates with the other person's you know, values. If they're more often people focus themselves to be more connected and, and, and relatable. And if they're more analytical, just get right to the numbers. Yes. Uh, so that's, that's really, really great. I th- would say another thing um, that can be really helpful is I find really intelligent, capable people in STEM are often very independent. They A lot of them would rather work by themselves and don't really mm-hmm. think about working with others. And, and, and then the outcome of that is you're walking around always thinking about, well, what's in it for me? And the way to be seen as more collaborative and genuinely develop these great people skills is to start turning that around in your mind and start thinking in terms of what's in it for them. So, for example, you maybe are feeling overworked. You need some more resources. If you go to your boss and say, I'm overworked and need more resources, it's really easy for the boss to just be like, well, nothing I can do. But then if you think about, well, how do I put this in terms of what's in it for the boss? And you start, okay, well, right now I'm able to accomplish 60% of X, or we were behind on this percentage of projects last month. But I've done some calculations that I found that if we had a you know person who helped with this, or if we offloaded blank off my plate, those numbers would go up to here. So you present a logical argument and you make it so it's all about benefiting the organization and benefiting the person whose buy-in you're trying to obtain. So whether it's your direct reports, peers, your higher-ups, always put things in terms of what's in it for them. Yeah, that's really great. That's really great. And if they're numbers-focused and financially-focused, your example is spot-on. And if they are more leadership-oriented, more uh, people-focused, you might say, I don't need more. Instead of asking for, I need more resources, you might say, uh, say, I'm working on a project and I can – get more done and develop some of our other people, help them learn some new skills and develop more leadership, more collaborative, more and more uh, you know, technical skills if I can include them in this project and offload some of the responsibilities to them. So that you know, good leaders who are developing other leaders might, again, that's what's in it for them. Really nice, Jennifer. I like the way you and I are collaborating. You're getting me thinking about things. So anything else on how you advise people to present that in interviewing or networking? So uh, one thing I tell people who are interviewing to be ready for is to have at least two stories ready to go that showcases the best moments you've had like ever in your career. And you want to structure those stories with what was the problem? 
what was your solution, especially anything that made it unique because it was you? And then what were the observable results? And that can be statistics, that can be um, some, just something that a third party who wasn't privy to what was going on would be able to say, oh, wow, I'm noticing that people are more engaged in their work or our um, retention in our company has gone up, those kinds of things. And along with that story, it would be really easy to overfocus on the technical side of what got accomplished, but make sure that your story that you have ready to share shows how did you collaborate with other people and leverage skill sets that were different from your own? Uh, what impact did what you do have on customers or on your uh, people that work with you? So make sure your stories that you're telling include a people component. And that way, without you saying like, oh, I have good people skills, the interviewers will be able to recognize you see the value of those soft skills and are leveraging them. Yeah, it's a really, really great tip uh, uh, to include a person you collaborated with for any of your otherwise solo uh, efforts or technical accomplishments. And in fact, you inspired me to add this idea for people. Uh, think about your very best favorite accomplishment, your very best or favorite collaboration whether or not the result was a knock it out of the park result. If someone says, how well do you work with people? You could just think about your favorite moments of your career in terms of your favorite collaborations. So you could talk about those people and the teams that you collaborated with that you either led or followed or participated in so that that, that story gets told as well. In the same way, what was the challenge? What was the approach and the people you collaborated with? And what was the outcome? What were the results? Financial results, revenue, profit, or other important measures, retention, like you said, sick cost savings, uh, uh, reputation increases, uh, engagement on the internet, marketing gains, what, whatever the, uh, anything that moved a needle in a numeric way is a really important thing to cite. Well, we've covered a lot of ground, Jennifer. Is there anything else you want to add before we begin to wrap up? I have found one really effective way to help my more technical clients learn to think differently is to collaborate with other other people, other managers, other leaders. And I started a leadership roundtable last year when people are really were really wanting to reach out to others during the pandemic. And yeah. I've and I've just recently resumed doing them again. And, and I have them the first Thursday of every month. They're complimentary. And it's a really great opportunity to see how things are done by different people, different job uh, hierarchies, different organizations. Mm. And the more you can reach out and just be around people who are not like you, it, it starts rubbing off and you can appreciate the different perspectives more. So I'd love for people to join me for a leadership roundtable. Okay, great, Jennifer. We're going to include that in the show notes. Make sure you uh, send us a link. Uh, so listeners, you should just check the show notes and you will get a link to that. You can participate in Jennifer's Leadership Roundtable. Fantastic. Uh, I'd like to ask guests, what's your favorite artist, songwriter, band, composer? Uh, what, do you, what do you love to listen to musically? Well, I have to say uh, it's George Michael's birthday today, according to Facebook. And I oh, absolutely yeah. love George Michael and Wham. So I, I do like a lot of music. I'm 
pretty much an 80s girl, but <laughs> but I give a shout out to George Michael today. Happy birthday. Nice. Well done. And any causes that are close to your heart that you support? Yes. Uh, and I think it's especially relevant right now with all the craziness in our economy. I love supporting organizations that help people identify where they're at and help them get to a better place. So organizations like Dress for Success and mm. ones that you can come in and hear the skills that I have, um, hear the skills I'm lacking and how can you help me go from having a maybe a job as uh, somebody in an entry level position who wants to better themselves and get an office position, for example, where they can make more money, have a more regular schedule. Um, I, I think that's super important. And a lot of people don't even know how to move up from where they're at. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I see LinkedIn, for example, as a highly executive focused and management focused sort of office-focused platform, but occasionally I'll see someone coming out of retail or some other um, service business and they want to get into more of an office environment. So that's the kind of transition you're talking about. Absolutely. Yeah, good. Wonderful. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for being a guest on the Career Transition Experts. I look forward to participating in one of your leadership roundtables myself as a, as a, as a visitor. And um, we'll talk again real soon. Yeah, it's been really fun to collaborate with you. And thanks for having me on. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you very much for listening to the Career Transition Experts. We hope you got something of value and would love to hear from you on what you did learn and how this episode made a difference. If you'd like to contact or reach our guests, take a look at the show notes. And you can also find there a link where we will send you a free copy of our resume preparation checklist. If there's anything we can do to help you fulfill your vision and make that transition smoothly, contact us. We are here for you. Thanks again for listening. Hope to see you again soon. Bye for now.